You are listening to Banana Leaf Reflections. Welcome to Episode 3, Colorism. This episode was recorded in Six Mill Studios via teleconference with Jeshu and T-Bless connecting from afar. As you listen, you may hear background noise cancellation, echo cancellation, and other sound artifacts that recent world events have made all too familiar. Listen to the sounds of your auntie's cooking. Smell the freshly picked curry leaves, garam masala, cumin, and anise. You hear your akka speaking your mother tongue from across the courtyard, your uncles talking about their latest business deal. None of that matters, of course, because dinner is ready. It's time to take your place at the banana leaf. Wow, this one this one's big because like both of us are affected and we're from South Asia. Like I'm sorry, South Asia, South mm-hmm. India on from the Bay of Bengal. Um <laughs> we're Dravidians. I don't know if you can <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we're Dravidians, which is huge because most people see Bollywood and then they see people from the north who are Aryan and who came and invaded India and all this mm-hmm. thing. I didn't really know what the word colorism was until like a couple years ago. I was like, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. Whatever. And then I was like, when I heard the word colorism, I was like, whoa, whoa, you just defined so much. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even realize as well. Um, even in college, I think maybe in senior year, I read about it and I was like, wow, why do I relate to this? This is actually a thing that I have experienced most of my life. So yeah, we are going to be talking about colorism and as South Indians and kind of compare Jeshu's experience as someone who has grown up in Gambia and then her visits to India and how she experienced it growing, going back and forth. And then we're going to talk about me um, growing up in South India until, you know, until I was 17 and then coming to the States and kind of, yeah, navigating the whole thing. It's going to be going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. So from my side of the story, um, I was born super fair. Like I was that like cute little yeah. round human with, you know, curly <laughs> hair. And I was like pink, yeah. right? Like my parents, mm-hmm. my cousins called me pinky. Like there's this thing in India where like everyone gets a nickname. And that was my like, oh, little yeah. pinky baby, little pinky baby. Um, And then my parents took me to, my parental figures took me to Uti. And my skin reacted to, like, the lack of humidity. And then they had fires in their house. And, like, my skin just, like, freaked out. And I actually remember my, like, they used this, like, they mixed up this stuff and tried to, like, they actually, like, peeled my skin off of me after I came back. Um, It's the mountains. It's, like, the Southern Ghats or whatever it's called. And it's, like, it's way there, like... Mm-hmm. We are up above the water, 
like the ocean levels or whatever but like they like peeled my skin off after that and like i just feel like my skin that's probably why it's so sensitive to everything but like they took yeah. the um, garam the garam and the turmeric and then they they actually like peeled the skin oh off God, of me <laughs> and i was just a baby i was like 10 months old like what was i supposed to know yeah, yeah. um and then my parental figures one is really fair and one is really dark and I do remember, like, people were like, oh, that's so interesting that your parents are, you know, yeah, different. And you're, like, in between. I'm like, okay, like, what's that supposed to mean? Mm-hmm. Um, moved to Africa. I was, like, hitting puberty when I went back to India for the first time to visit. Like, yeah. I lived in Africa for six years. We live right, like, south of the equator. Like, we were by the ocean. I was homeschooled. I was just the general color. Yeah, I remember the first that my grandmother hasn't seen me in years. Like I don't even think I've talked to her on the phone. And the first thing she says is, "Oh wow, you took her to Africa, and she's so dark now." Like I don't know how that makes sense. Just listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> like you haven't seen your youngest granddaughter in six years. We yeah. almost legitimately didn't make it out of Africa. Like I almost died. Okay, like let's talk about that. And the first thing <laughs> you say is, "Oh, you look, you took her away from us, and that's why she came back like this." Mm. It's like coming from your own family. Like, is that appropriate? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's hurtful too because I don't know when I go back to India during breaks. You know, I went twice, and the first thing like most people say is like oh, you lost weight or wow, you know, you're still dark. Someone literally made a comment in my face like, oh, we thought, you know, America will make you fairer. And it's like, <laughs> that does not make sense to me. Like, so there's does some not people- compute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, either ways, I'm a disappointment. That's how it feels like sometimes. And there's some some people there like, wow, you know, you've gotten fairer after going to America, you know, that fits you. Like, I don't know what that means. Like skin color is skin color. And, you know, it changes with the weather, the sun. And, you know, usually I'm maybe much, not much fairer, slightly fairer in the winter. Especially we, we pale. We pale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I change my makeup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> color. Um, yeah. But it's, it's so funny how, um, this might be a, taking up too far to say this, but I just feel like sense of entitlement of opinion in these people, like who you see now, like in once three years or for you, like, you know, six, seven years, and then you go back and that's the first thing they notice. They don't even ask how you are and why is skin color so important, especially if you're dark, you know, I don't know where that mentality started in our culture that you know dark is not good dark is not normal you know fair is beautiful yeah (laughs) and then that goes on into the christian culture and it's so like you know people always like you know it's it's in your heart your life or maybe it's just my christianity where i was surrounded by people like it's all about the inside but then we do make comments about people's uh, outward appearances oh Um, yeah like there are some um, spiritual leaders that I was exposed to through church or missions 
who are like great preachers and, you know, have this like, uh, you know, great family, ministry oriented family, their children are in ministry or being trained to enter ministry. Um, and these are the people, you know, who would particularly make comments like, oh, you know, you're a darkie, you're so dark or tease you. And as a early teenager, it was really hurtful. But like you said, you know, we believe from the scripture that we are all made in the image of God, but I don't see us applying that to our lives and our beliefs and mentality because these are spiritual gurus or whoever you know they make these comments so it just feels like um double standard to me like you know we kind of excuse them because they're christians and they love god so obviously they can do whatever they want and they don't have accountability (laughs) and that's back to accountability like i know people that hurt my parental figures who have gone on to become big ministers and it's kind of like how do you like what do you do to change that toxic behavior yeah yeah for sure and generically speaking i don't understand how there's an expectation on people to be fair when majority of people in our country are dark skin like we're all brown and we're different shades of brown. But when you look at the media, you know, our models in India, they're all just bare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are mostly North Indian people or, you know, um, Sikhs or people who have different ancestral, you know, history. Turkish and yes. Thai. Yeah. yeah. And Sri Lankan. Some, some Sri Lankan. Yeah. But these are the people who represent the media in South India. So, you know, a lot of time when I look in the media, it's like, this feels impossible, you know, to match these standards or, yeah, it's just impossible. Um, when I was a teenager, I think it was like, I think I was like 17. The first time I really saw the concept of dark is beautiful. And mm-hmm. I'm from Africa, like. And I'm Indian, and like we're all brown, but like with different yeah. shades of brown. And like, I've always been attracted to darker people, <laughs> and I married a white man. Like, okay, that's <laughs> weird. <laughs> um, but like growing up, the guys I had crushes on were all darker than me, and like so handsome. And like some of my best friends are dark yeah. and so beautiful. And for yeah. me to see this like campaign, like dark is beautiful. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't think that? <laughs> like, you all yeah. don't see that? And that was like a pivotal point for me. Like, wow, okay. And that kind of leads into privilege. Like, oh, because we're slightly mm-hmm. lighter or slightly darker. Like, what does it do for us? And what does it, you know, what does it accomplish? Yeah. Wow. Um, but then... You know, we were talking about um, self-esteem, like as teenagers, like we're constantly told, oh, cover your face, make sure you don't go in the sun. And then like all the girls that are older than us are bleaching their faces, bleaching their arms, like, hello, you could get cancer from this or like you could get serious skin conditions. And then Mm -hmm. we, of course, go into talc, like talcum powder. Yes. on your face and like you're like whitewashed like I have pictures when I'm like little tiny like, <laughs> white yeah I have pictures too even like as late as maybe 16 years old with like <laughs> all over me <laughs> yeah 
And I don't know if you heard about these myths about like you drink water and you become white. Not water, milk. Milk. You drink milk. Yes. <laughs> and you become white. Like I remember my aunties would be like, no, we told your mom, you know, to just feed you milk all the time and that will like change your complexion. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. And <laughs> we have been, we, like your generation has been told that, my generation, my mother's generation, but. How do you believe in something that has no results at all? Like, where is the evidence? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> For and a land I- full of scientists um, <laughs> and uh, people in STEM. So it's a, little, it's a little confusing, just a little bit confusing that we still hold on to these funny little superstitions because I'm going to call them what they are. Little superstitions that... You know, if you do certain things, like you put turmeric on your face or like you put neem on your face and you wash yourself, like all of a sudden, like those, um, those ads <laughs> growing up, like from oh the 90s, like whoosh, like, they're yes. like, oh my goodness. I remember watching this ad <clears throat> of this, um, pundit's daughter who's getting ready for, um, uh, the, the groom side to come see her in person before they settle the marriage. So, but the pundit was really worried because his daughter is like dark. So suddenly like this light bulb moment um, where he goes and changes the light in his room. They, they, they bring a different brand and they make her sit under there and she looks fairer and her marriage is settled. And that was ad for this, you know, light company, like light bulb company. And I was like, what in the world? Like that doesn't make any sense. And obviously fair and lovely the cream yeah the bleaching creams yep fair forever even like now looking back I think every time I went for a facial they put bleach on my face and I didn't know that I just remember like my mom being like oh you know there's a glow on your face and I was like oh you know feeling good about it but everything every beauty product that's made in India has bleach in it yeah and it's so sad because it's like we are beautiful just the way we are like our culture is beautiful we are beautiful um, I almost it almost dictates what colors we are allowed to wear, too, mm. and kind of like yes. who can wear what color and like will that look good? And all these weddings, they, they wear like these bright colors, and it's like whoa, 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 people. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> um, I loved black growing up, but I was not allowed to wear it much because you know, um, I I believe that it would just make me look much darker when I wear black. Um, so I, I love black, but I was not allowed to bear it for a long time. And now I'm in the States. So I just bear a lot of black. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Like going from face creams to, you know, the, the range marriage ad. Um, mm-hmm. I saw an ad a few years ago, which was like huge because it was a divorced girl and she okay. was dark and, but her, husband person was fair and he kind of like opened his arms up to her child and I was like this was like huge for India like wow you are going to show a girl that's dark like yeah what's happening (laughs) um and the fact that she's divorced and you know he's accepting her child who's also like I don't know if she was darker but it's like yeah what does this mean people and like and it goes right into marriage too like when we when we we talk about the ads in oh, papers, yeah. Um, yeah. newspaper, um, especially in South, I'm not sure about the North, but every paper has a section where 
you can give an ad for your young adults in your family who are in marriage age, whatever that's called. Um, so I just remember even growing up looking at it and it's like looking for age 22 to 26 and complexion should be fair or vetish or wheatish accepted yes (laughs) they look like horlicks if they don't look like horlicks they look like chai if you don't look like chai don't look like grounds coffee grounds oh my gosh yeah it's like must be educated the girl must be educated but should quit everything after getting married and i'm like so why are you looking for an educated wife when you don't want her to work after you know getting married but that color is like, that's very, very specific. I've seen so many people both in and outside the church rejecting, you know, others because they are not fair enough. And that, again, goes back to like, do we really give that much importance to like your superficial appearance? Because, you know, you you don't marry your a skin color. You marry a character, a personality. Exactly. So. Your, you know, your character is more important over complexion. Like, yeah. Is this person a good person? Like there's been some horrible arranged marriages in my family. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, I don't care if they're like, they're listening in or like, you know who I'm talking about, but yeah. like this guy was fair and he was great, completely uneducated, destroyed my cousin's life. Like, what are you doing? But yeah. he was fair. He was fair. Like, Okay, guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna work. Um, perpetuating toxic culture inside the church, you know. Yeah. Like I have one f- distant family member who is so fair and perfect, and they were like, "Oh, she's gonna marry a a white man when she grows up." I mean, she married someone of a different heritage not white but because she was fair and if you look at all her siblings like one was dark and one was this and i'm like okay guys why are we comparing Mm -hmm. like in one family we're comparing these different colors and and saying oh they will they will be um successful or they will have a successful uh settlement (laughs) you know yeah it's almost like dark-skinned children are a burden And I I think there is a lot of pressure on men too, but I think there's a lot more on women because I know, you know, if, if, if a guy is dark, I don't think he will have that much of a trouble finding, you know, a wife because at the end of the day, he's a man, he's got more power and more privilege, (laughs) more resources. Um, But yeah. So these conversations as, as a child, you know, you listen to them and even though parents in- intentionally don't tell you that, oh, you're dark, you're not beautiful, you're absorbing all these messages. And that really affects self-esteem growing up. And even like when I came to the States, I was told that, oh, I wish I was your color. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I wish I was fair and pretty like you. And my friend was like, who told you that? You know, the dark is not beautiful. And it was like, wow, there's a whole another country and continent that wants to be dark (laughs) that's such like a foreign concept to me so it's just yeah and here you know in india everyone is like or in asia in darker places like they're bleaching their skin to be beautiful and here people are spending all their money and tanning salons and like self-tanning and self you know like the money that's being spent on either side of this situation it's it, it, it it's cracks ridiculous. me up. 
it cracks me up yeah. and um it's and of course like you know one of the first things that we talked about is seeing a white jesus and mm-hmm. like whoa 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 <laughs> like there there it is there's colorism yeah. that has taken over christianity yep that we can't see a jesus that looks like us like one of the like one of the common pictures of jesus is he has long hair in india and he's kind of looking away yeah 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 Yeah. i'm sorry jesus don't have blue eyes (laughs) yeah no i think i've at least grown up definitely with the idea of white jesus and for some reason as a child i thought everything that took place in the bible everyone were white you know even like it's because mary it's pictured white, you know, she has blonde hair, blue eyes again. And, you know, with all these pictures in the markets and everything. So it is the, it is how colorism has affected us. We can't see Jesus as someone who's not white. We can't really, you know, love ourselves or accept our own children, our own, our own people, because it's, it's almost like a sort of self-hatred mm. feeling. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we're never content yeah. yeah and like it's so hard because one of the homeschool programs I did I didn't realize how colorism was affected in that because now that I stop and kind of was like where did all my racist ideas and thoughts and like where did all my biases come from and I realized that in this homeschool program there were these little comic strips at the bottom and they were separated like the white kids had their own comic strips and then the black school there were segregated schools in the school homeschool like that blew my mind and here like in my brain I'm like oh that's they're just in different communities but now I look at no this was segregated communities they weren't in different countries they were literally in the same community yeah and here i am like oh this family they became missionaries because in the in the people of color school comic strips you didn't see them going to go into missions and stuff it was only the white the white kids were going to be missionaries oh my gosh that's wild and i was like now that I happen, I think about it, I'm like, whoa, those are the biases. Those, those things, yeah, those things taught me, you know, like with what we've been through in the last year in the States and kind of like the last four years in yeah. the States, it's like, there's this huge division hmm. and it always comes to a person's color and the person's privilege hand in hand. Yeah. Wow. I hear singing downstairs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then I remember when I and I got married, mm-hmm. thinking to myself, whoa, like this is gonna be interesting having children that are going to be fair. Like, how is yeah. the world, well, my small Indian world, going to <laughs> react? <clears throat> and I knew that I would be um What's the word I'm looking for? I knew that my marriage would be accepted because he was white. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, even when I left home, people were already talking like, oh, just wait, Leslie's going to find a white boyfriend. And, you know, and I know that if, well, not my mom. My mom is pretty open. 
because at this point she just wants me to get married but i know that the rest of my family extended family like they would probably judge harsher if i married another person of color mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but but if it's a white man a Caucasian man, they would be in love with him like you know how it is you see it with curtis like well, people are upset. my parental figures are like obsessed like i have cousins and i don't care if you hear this like I, you're gonna hear this a lot during my podcast if you're listening to this cousins i'm sorry i grew yeah. up outside of india yeah okay like you can't expect me to suddenly be like oh that indian guy looks cute like no like i'm not attracted to that <laughs> but like all my aunts and uncles, like they expected their kids to have arranged marriages. But when I was like, hey, I want to marry this guy. And yeah. I was like a cute little 20 year old who like, <laughs> come on, I was 20. Like, <laughs> what was I doing? I should have been a baby, yo. Um, they're like, yeah, sure. Yes, Joshua, let's do a wedding. <laughs> you know, yeah. let's let's like hire the biggest thing and come to Indian we'll get married. I'm like, yo, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But the fact that, you know, he was white mm-hmm. changes the whole thing. And yeah. I remember being really, really young um, at home thinking to myself, but what if I wanted to marry an African? Yeah. I really care about this guy. I did. I had a couple people in my life that, you know, through, you know, like normal yeah. crushes and definitely was hoping for something bigger. Yeah. But, you know, he, those guys, they were like, your family would never accept us. And that, you know, as a, as a young person, like, what does that mean? <laughs> Why are we living in Africa if my family, my people wouldn't accept? So it's the same thing. Here I am a brown family mm-hmm. living in Africa, doing ministry for Jesus. Yeah. But I wouldn't be allowed to marry the people that we went to minister to. And one of the big things, like the big things in my 20s that like blew my mind was I had read about another missionary kid who had written and was speaking about this. I can't, I can't, if I find the resource, I'll put it on the podcast notes. Um, But they were talking about if you're a missionary and you cannot see your child settle with someone from there, you are not a full blown, like you're not acceptable, accepting of these people right. and you don't have Jesus in your life. And yeah. um, one of the men there was like, Oh, how can you say that? Like, how can you say that my children would have to like, you, you know, the, the, like the ultimate to being completely part of a culture is to accept our, our children. Like, what are you talking? We're just going there to do ministry. And like, okay, where's that coming from? And then 10 years down the road, this man shows up and he goes, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but you were in college and you spoke to a bunch of us missionaries that were going out to the field. And he's like, listen, my my daughter, my daughter is marrying a local guy. He's a wonderful man of God. We've seen him grow. Like you changed that. Like, I agree. That mm-hmm. the ultimate part of being a missionary yes. is to be able to accept the people you go to minister to, to be equal right. to you. And I have not seen that in mission field and I've not seen that in the church. Yeah. Yeah, that's very powerful. And it just reminds me of this time someone came um, to um, 
this prayer station we had and where and this lady was pregnant and she was particularly asking that um, her child would be born fair and um, the pastor who was praying kind of laughed and then like brought up Song of Solomon and he was like you know the Bible doesn't say fair and beautiful but it says like dark and beautiful but there's such stigma towards our own selves and you know towards our children and even in the church like we we say that we believe one thing but it, when it comes to practicality we don't reflect that we don't apply it to our lives and like how are we gonna love others when you really don't love yourself and your mm. own family mm. and if you're not accepting of them how do you accept you know expect for somebody else to do that for you yeah. And that whole coming back to self-love, like mm-hmm. it's almost like a, like a bad word, <laughs> you know? <laughs> because yeah. it's considered as arrogance in our culture. Like, you know, um, if you're a dark and if you're confident about it and if you wear a little bit makeup and just like dress well, it's like, they'll be like, oh, look at her. She's so dark, but she's so arrogant. There's <laughs> such know? a racist phrase for that too. And I don't want to say it because it's such a bad phrase, like especially in, in like Tamil culture. And I know you Tamils out there that are listening, you know exactly what I'm saying. It's an old saying. Y'all are racist. <laughs> For reals. We are racist towards our own people. <laughs> I feel like we call each other a lot, Blessy, and then we're like, oh, we're so racist to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the one of the fascinating things which we will talk about in our next episode, but it's like, and you still talk to Indians, yo, not unless they know who your caste is, your family is, your color, <laughs> the amount of money you make, um, <laughs> where you shop, where you sleep, <laughs> what yeah. shoes you. Uh, if you're not wearing bata, like I can't talk to you. <laughs> bata is classic. Classic shoes, also the best shoes I've ever owned. So when you go home. You yeah. gotta have to buy me some batas. And the girls need bata shoes too. Like everyone oh gotta have bata chapels, y'all. They've never had bata chapels. Oh, what is life? Life. Um, but yeah, like this is like something we don't talk about. And I've never heard other family members that have been like, Yeah, maybe we shouldn't do this toxic culture. Maybe we shouldn't perpetuate yeah. this to- toxic culture. Um but <laughs> okay now there's also a sense of like if you know if you rebel like if i call someone out on like oh you can't say that that's not nice you can't call someone dark that's not nice like you know you had you and i both had nicknames like blacky and you know darky and stuff like that but immediately it'll be turned on to you like oh you're so sensitive you can't take a joke or you know well we were just saying because you know we're your family but that doesn't make it okay so okay. I would yeah. love to see some sort of accountability or calling out in a graceful way. Like, you know, why do you think that? You know, what's wrong with being dark? Aren't you dark? <laughs> all the middle-aged uncles who think that they have some sort of say in how, you know, <laughs> women look. Like, you're dark, so what's your problem? <laughs> what even we can go from colorism to even body. Like, yeah. Don't, make, don't make comments about people's bodies. That's none of your business. So none of your business. Appropriate. The amount of times me and other women, like teenage girls that I know have received comments from our uncles is like honestly <laughs> disgusting. 
and it's still accepted somehow it's still okay to say that and i'm just sick of people not correcting their behavior not having accountability because i don't know you're messing with someone's self-esteem someone's joy and you know you're saying and if you call yourself a christian and believer you're putting down what god has created in his image yes and there's so much sexism <laughs> and like sexist comments yeah like i like to wear a little eyeliner and i like to wear a little makeup and i have a parental figure in my life who will say oh are you helping god mm, no i'm accentuating what i got because i'm okay with my image yeah yeah big things <laughs> hard things like yeah. and i want to say uh, for both of us that we're not perfect like we don't have it all figured it out you know i remember making fun of someone who's dark growing up because you know when people do that to me why can't i do it to others you know but we are normalizing this behavior and that is not okay and you know and we are not like now pointing fingers at you and being like oh you're a bad person like that's not what we're doing but kind of raising awareness and sharing our stories and you need to progress like we can't be at one place and just do the same old thing and you know traumatize our children and the <laughs> generation like I, I just get so frustrated in these issues I'm like okay someone there needs to be change and it needs to start somewhere yeah yeah um that's so important, the whole change thing. Like, my parents, my parental figures, <laughs> would, would say, you know, what? when are you going to change? When are you going to change? And I'm thinking to myself, I like who I am. Yeah. I like where God is taking me, like, in all seriousness. Like, my journey with my body image, my face. Like, I look in the mirror and I don't recognize who I'm seeing because there's such an expectation of what you should be able to see. Like, mm. I don't, like, now I'm looking, at, like, we're Zooming, and I'm looking at my face, and I don't know that that's my face. Because mm. I'm not seeing what Indian media or, like, my family's expecting. I don't have the perfect little peacock, uh, uh, parrot nose, and I don't have the perfect little, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, round cheeks, and I don't have the perfect little, you know, all the little perfections. Yeah. But I am me, and if we're going to call ourselves Christians, um, I don't think he wants whitewashed people. Oh, yes. Yes, I like that. And it also kind of makes me think of, like, you know, I've seen um, a lot of stuff on TikTok, social media, where um, people of color, especially South Indians or South Asians, demand representation in Hollywood. And I think that's okay to ask for, but I think as Indians, we also need to examine ourselves. You know, if there's not representation in our own culture, how can we expect that from other cultures? Like, I love Priyanka Chopra and I love Deepika. Like, you know, they're great actresses, but I think there's so much more that we can bring to the table except those Thank two. Thank you. You know, there's more like more actresses that are hidden in a way and that actually represent regular common everyday walking south indian women and i would like to see more of them them on tamil movies and telugu movies and like bollywood and then 
you know, I will fully ask for that kind of representation in Hollywood and, you know, in the media, but it should start. It starts at home. Yep. Yep. It starts at home. Like it has to start at home. Yep. And it also has to start in our hearts as well. Like, hey, we know this is toxic. We're going to have to stop it. Yeah. Um, I think also today is kind of big for us because the first South Asian, uh, hold up, hold up, hold up, first Black South Asian representation, yes, Yes, world. Oh my gosh, that was such a full up tumul pune with her tumul names making history. Yes. No, I was watching the ceremony this morning. And even after her, she gave the oath and everything, I'm like, wow, this actually happened. Like, this is not something I'm looking forward to, you know, every day. Like, actually- her, her, she's like second generation in American. Like, no, no, uh, technically first, because like her mother was already 19 when she moved here. Like, so second yeah. generation immigrant, like, they still have a village. And like, yeah. look at her, yo. <laughs> yeah, no, it means... So much yeah i i was shaking i was crying <laughs> i mean like i was crying so hard i don't think anyone else in the room could hear what was going on the screen like i was yeah like my soul grieved rejoiced yeah. like it was all in one yeah this is big and i'm sure those people at home who are like well what's that what does that mean she's mixed like yeah. she's got black in her, so that's gonna discount who she is as a person. No. And I love that we're like she's no 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 she's black. <laughs> oh, first that's and foremost, her as well. A lot of Indians that I've been looking, they don't address that part. But no, I think she's black as well, equally as much as she's Indian. And we need to credit both sides, all sides of her. It's a big thing for both communities. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's what we've been reflecting on. Um, oh. <laughs> also with, you know, with the VP <laughs> um, and kind of like where we stand. And also now that, you know, a Jonah's brother is married to an Indian, like, no, that's not all we look like. We don't look like that. Okay. I'm oh. still grieved. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm not a f- big fan of the Jonas Brothers, but I know people who would die for them. So listen, I, listen, it's our age difference. It's our I age know. difference. <laughs> you were a baby when they were popular. I was not. I was a, I, I was in my teens. Um, but what I really do appreciate, and let's talk about colorism, is Mindy Collings. Oh my gosh. No. Um, yes. What was that? What is it called? Can we talk about Never Have I Ever? The one on Netflix? Yes. Like that represents all of us. Like, hello, the dad be a dark man. Yes. And pardon me. You know, she <laughs> looks like she's in high school. You know, a lot of times. In she the- is a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Rom com say higher, or, you know, the actors are all in their 20s, but she's actually a high schooler. And I think they do a great job. Um, she's a traditional kind of- looking, like she's not mixed, yeah. like Naomi Scott. Yeah, I, girl, I loved her in Jasmine, but she was half. And like, yeah. she looks like my children. So for me, it's like, oh, that's what my my girls are going to look like. That, that's so cool. But a yeah. full blown generational immigrant child. Yeah. yeah. 
and the aunts and come yeah. on, Mindy, you did good, <laughs> you know. Mindy Cowling, she's amazing, and I love that she is not afraid to like represent her color and her person and her image and just be like, this is who I am, and this is I'm confident in who I am, and I'm Indian, you know. And yeah. I love that she and VP have do- made doses together, and, like they yeah. cook together, and it's like yes, represent- maker boxes, like uh, yeah. Anyways, but that was a good. <laughs> can't english at this point of the night um <laughs> english is hard <laughs> english is hard and yeah. um so I yeah. Wish to see more. yeah more people mindy and i'm glad she's producing her own shows and you know even when they found the girl um from never have i ever like she gave out like a national call for yeah. girls to just like come audition and i think that's so important so you know and then like how many girls desperately wanted to but their parents were like but no yeah what are we losing because of this mindset that you must do one thing because this is who you are um but we're kind of going off topic here (laughs) Um, but um one of the things that we didn't bring up is definitely the oppression that is not spoken about the toxic culture that is just perpetuated and you know what? A person's character comes first. Um, yes. And so let's, I'm challenging, you know, the church. I'm challenging the community. Hey, stop and think about what you're doing. Yes. Stop and think about how you're affecting the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And words have power. So you might not really intentionally want to insult someone but it's already happening if they're in your surroundings for 50 yeah for 50 years one of my parental figures is still holding on to that pain 50 Mm. plus years like 50 plus years that person who said something to her Mm -hmm. as a child is still affecting her now stop yeah (laughs) yeah and honestly all colors are beautiful and as South Indians we have a long way to go but I'm glad that um, during Black Lives Matter moment last year there's been protests in India um, fighting against fair and lovely and you know bleach creams and um, especially in the cities I think people are becoming more progressive but there's a long way to go and um, I like how we talked about you know it begins in your heart at home and it's time to Take the other way. And, you know, yep. So what are you reflecting on? Get back to us. Um, This has been just incredible seeing the people that are following us and listening to us. And we just want to speak some truth. Um, So, yeah, here comes truth. Yeah. This has been Banana Leaf Reflections. A special thank you to Six Mill Studios for producing this podcast as well as composing the original music. Thank you for joining us at The Banana Leaf, and don't forget to subscribe to hear more from Jeshu and T-Bless. See you next time.